Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. The the T and E T stands for Tara. <laughs> Extra terrestrial. Ah, <laughs> uh, no? no. Okay. Well, science fiction movie podcast. We get together. We talk about a movie. <laughs> of course, as you may have guessed by now, uh, we're going to have E T, the extraterrestrial, uh, the Steven Spielberg classic from 1982. This was actually the vote winner for the month. Uh, what was the theme? Oh, it was uh, Alphabet. It was uh, movies beginning with E, F, G, and H, and E.T. was the winner of the batch. So, here we are. Obviously, it's a biggie. It's kind of fun that this just kind of randomly won a vote, and now we're, we're doing it. Obviously, I'm not expecting a sequel or a, or a reboot anytime soon, but those tend to be one of the reasons why we might do a big classic like this. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're here to have E.T. It's been a lot of while since I've seen it. Uh, last, I mean, I've seen it a bunch as a kid, and I, I saw it in Blu-ray, definitely, um, in the you know 2010, 2011 kind of range. So I mean, it might be a decade since I watched it last before this time. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I cannot remember when I saw it last, but I don't think I've seen it in like HD until <laughs> till today. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit of a jump, was it? Yes, because I definitely had this one on VHS, and boy, jumping from VHS, like the memory of a movie in VHS, to 4K was something else. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I had the DVD, I had the Blu-ray, and I watched it in 4K this time, so I, I've went through all the formats somehow uh, of E.T., but uh, so a quick question, actually, uh, without getting into anything, I mean, not that I suspect people need to like to avoid spoilers for et but all the same we'll start spoiler free and we'll give you warning before we go to spoilers but uh d- did you get walkie talkies or did you get guns uh i got guns, you got guns. okay because uh, for those of you who don't know I-, I believe it was the dvd release in about 2001 ish 2002 maybe uh maybe 2002 because that had been an anniversary at the time uh Spielberg went back and like changed a few things. He added a little bit of CG here or there. And one of the things he did is he replaced like there was characters, characters who are chasing the kids towards the end of the film, and they're holding shotguns. And he changed it to walkie talkies. And there was a bit of a like, what are you doing? You're George Lucas in it. What why is this? And it didn't affect it that much. Although, admittedly, I, I do think the moment itself, like there's supposed to be an implied threat, and it's kind of like right. it's not that threatening if they're just holding walkie talkies. <laughs> so yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, he changed his mind though. When the, the Blu-ray came out in 2010-ish, he said, "You know what? I regret doing that. Film should not be altered after the fact." Uh, I mean, he, and he's not saying there shouldn't be like. I mean, you can do a new cut and call it a director's cut, sure, but I'm not like tinkering with what's supposed to be the original version. Right, this is what it is. Right. Uh, so he he reverted back. So all the new versions now do, uh, do have the the proper thing, but. Uh, the, Although, if you wanted to go back through Indiana Jones and change that uh, Indy had a relationship with Marion when she was like fifteen, that would be okay. That's <laughs> a I don't know a bit of bit of ADR. Although I do think the actors sound a bit different now, so it might, might be d- difficult to get to match. <laughs> <laughs> might turn into like really craggy Harrison Ford and like craggy and uh, yeah. Uh, oh, something Allen. Yeah. Karen. Allen? Karen Allen. There you go. I'll tell you this though, it's not Margot Kidder as as Tara thought for years. Uh, decades. <laughs> decades. 
Tara, Tara Heather, I don't know if it was, was this on a show or was this when we were talking like, in the early days of the show, but you... No, yeah, this was like during one of the countdowns. Yeah, you had like a realisation that Karen Allen and uh, Margot Kidder weren't the same person <laughs> and it blew your mind. <laughs> I thought they were the same person. <laughs> and actually, my father also, recently I had to correct him that they're not the same person, so I guess it's just genetic. I, I Partly so... <laughs> Um, although speaking of, we have the inability to see them as two different people. Yeah, speaking of actresses, though, this era, uh, we do have one in this movie, Dee Wallace, who this movie kind of made her the mum of like she's the mum for like ages after this and lots of movies. Like we into the late nineties, uh, but like you know she was in the Howling just before this, like the previous year. Uh, she'd go on to be in Cujo, she'd go on to be in a bunch of different things. She's in Tremors, if I remember right. Um. No, no, she's not. But the woman who looks, <laughs> she's not. But a woman who looked like her was in Tremors, <laughs> right? Yeah, I remember that mistake now. But yes. I don't think I was crazy for thinking that was Dee Wallace though, because very similar. She had the same hair, yeah. I guess. Yeah, what, 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 she looked more similar than that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be berated for that mistake. That that was a fair. Also, mistake. speaking of actresses, is Drew Barrymore is in this. Oh yeah, like like five year old Drew Barrymore's in this. She's so cute. She, yeah, she's in here. Um, yeah, like you've got like these are kind of the, the standout names. What's funny though, obviously the main character Elliot isn't like a huge name. He is still an actor. He is still doing stuff, but he's not. Uh-huh. He's not like a Thomas. huge star. He most notably he was in a Haunted Hill House uh, a couple of years ago. And was pretty good in that, and it was it was almost a bit of trivia. Oh, by the way, that's the kid from ET. Is <laughs> like the dad in yeah. the show now, so that's kind of neat. Wonder, did Michael go do anything with Michael, the older brother? He's got a face. Yeah, he's got a face that I, I mean, it's so ingrained in my mind because of watching this film so much as a kid. But I don't, he seems like he has a face that I've seen somewhere else, but probably not. Oh, give me a wee second here, because oh, here we go. Uh, the IMDb's got a weird order. For some reason, I think it's the girl that Elliot has a, you know, the, the crush on at school. She's like the uh-huh. second. Oh no, no, sorry, that's Drew Barrymore. Hon. <laughs> then Peter Coyote starred. Then D. Wallace. He's like fifth. Maybe that's just the, the correct order. It's just that, you know, the stardom of some of the the adults got in the way of the kids. It's weird, but yeah. why would Drew Barrymore get a second billing though at this time? She's not in it. I mean, it's not, it's not like they know that in 20 years people are going to know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, I mean, it's a movie for the kids. Did she just have an it factor? Like, oh, she's going to be a star someday, we can tell. <laughs> she was a cutie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does look like he was in a whole bunch of much. He's done some episodes of TV, but he's kind of been done since the late 80s. He was in a couple of things uh, in the 2010s, but mostly he was done by the time the, the 90s came around. So, yeah. So, no. Basically. Uh, so this is the prequel to Stranger Things. <laughs> Definitely an inspiration <laughs> for Stranger Things, and uh, you know, many ways. Not just this. I mean, obviously, I think you could add in the Goonies, uh, and maybe to a lesser extent, Explorers. But I mean, uh, Explorers is just as important in my heart, but it's not as fondly remembered by the world at large. Uh, but yes, yeah. If, if you don't know the, the the basic premise of ET, uh, somehow, uh, little alien. It gets left behind uh, when his ship leaves without him. Not because they're dicks. There's, there's like some circumstances, but th- but he gets left behind, and he ends up encountering and befriending a young boy named Elliot who looks after him. 
and eventually his brother and sister get involved and it kind of spreads from there and the evil government who want to like you know experiment on him or hunting him down the whole movie that's kind of your your threat uh, so yeah and obviously et which they call him because he's extraterrestrial yeah uh, he wants to go home uh you've probably heard heard et phones home in fact there was a period in the 90s when i was a kid when uh, bt which was like the, the largest telephone company in the uk like they they actually had et ads for their phone line like the the, the whole joke was et wants to phone home so you'd bt for that i get it yeah so the, the, well, the whole thing um where i grew up i had universal studios hollywood which had an et ride where at the end of it et says your name <laughs> okay it was a big deal <laughs> all right go because they, they'll ask you your name when you uh when you walk into the line and at the end of it he'll say your name of course uh he doesn't know pronunciation you know he's an alien uh-huh yes <laughs> wait wait a shit all over my uh my little anecdote <laughs> about a telephone ad when i was a kid tara he doesn't say tara he says tara <laughs> yeah i wonder if the, like I, I, maybe they were just had, had someone recording it like as they go in but i feel like a lot of the regular names they just have like ah, oh, but we've got that saved like there's tons of peters <laughs> like they predicted that one yeah because i love the idea that someone with a weird name that they've not thought of like goes up and like oh my name's like i don't know <laughs> drizzle bob and they go wait what <laughs> would you accept well Bob? the ride's not around anymore clearly <laughs> that was the reason why okay okay maybe that was yeah maybe they just got too many too many people with names they couldn't predict too many jizzle bobs jizzle bobs yes <laughs> what <laughs> i didn't want to upset anyone with an actual name so i made one up that was silly okay <laughs> i was being thoughtful mm-hmm. thank you very much so um yeah that's the gist of ET. I mean, I suppose I'll just ask Tara the question. <laughs> How do you feel now watching once again ET? I, yeah, obviously I liked the film when I was young and I still like it now. Uh, it's hard to beat that score from John Williams <laughs> again, just so uh, emotional. I think the the kids in this movie are really standout and um, they are. It's a fun it's a it's a fun adventure movie and it's it's a bit scary but not too scary like in the beginning and mm-hmm. um there's a special bond between Elliot and ET and you you totally buy it the whole time and you know we've watched uh some well I know you've seen like ET knockoffs that came out, out of here after this and like nothing even comes close like he, there's something about the magic of Spielberg that makes this you know dopey premise work (laughs) i don't know mac and me's got some scenes that et does not have yes i'm familiar (laughs) Um, what was funny is i saw mac and me probably just as much when it was in single digits obviously as it got older mac and me got left behind because et is the good one but when i was like seven i didn't see mac and me until i was an adult yeah when i was seven like i didn't i couldn't tell that one was better than the other i just (laughs) they were just similar movies yeah, yeah. When you're a kid, you don't know that there's such a thing as bad movies. Yeah, and we just didn't movies ha- you don't understand yet. And we didn't have Reese's Pieces in the UK uh, at that time, so I actually related more with Mac and me because I knew what Skittles were. 
yeah as bizarre as that sounds but hey ho um yeah no i like et is obviously a very good movie like i'm not i'm not going to try and pretend for suspense sake that it isn't um right it's, it's very good you mentioned the kids being good i think that's you know one of the key things here especially since it did go on to inspire something like stranger things which again one of the key things about that is that the kids are by and large really good and are like likable entertaining they got an attitude to them um, they got style they got bikes yeah and I, you know and I, I do think that that also goes over to goonies and explorers and some other movies of this era that kind of followed on from here and yeah, that, that vibe of kids having to work in secret from the adults to do something that is, is a good cause. It's not like they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing because it's bad. They're doing something that's actually kind of noble and they're trying to protect someone. Like, the good vibes, all that stuff. Like, I always dig when kids' adventures go at it from that point. And there mm-hmm. is some analysis to be had. I'll, I'll get into some of my thoughts on, like, what the film's doing and, and things like that. Um, it's, you know, it, it maybe gets a touch too sentimental at times because it is spielberg uh, i uh sentimental end of the spectrum but uh as well shot you know one of the things i noticed this time watching it again because it had been a while is it is very well directed it's oh, yeah. you know, every time you see a shot of just the house there's always this just thick, thick uh that freaking light that's in the uh that's in that shed uh, mm. in their backyard is such a stunning image and i i know Spielberg likes it because he used it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good it is a good shot. It's a good look. It's kind of, you know, it's nighttime. There's just this really bright light that causes the uh oh, what's it called? Like the um lens flare? No. The lattice. The lattice work in the around the shed. Oh, okay. To like the lights just like shining through it and yeah, there's fog, so it's got this like Oh, you, genuine you, atmosphere so, to so, it. So oh, I think you're describing. I mean, it's, you tend to use this with the sun, but I think you're talking about God rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the rays. Of, yeah, the rays of light. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's why you pump in so much fog because the fog exposes yeah. the God rays on camera. You can't see them otherwise. <laughs> right, I'm aware. So, uh, so that, that's the the technique. I, I yeah, like the, the movie's good. I mean, you talked about the music, and the music is very good, and at times it's like really distinctly ET. I will critique it a little bit, though. There's a couple of bits, and all composers are guilty of this, right? But there's a couple of moments in this where I could hear Star Wars in the soundtrack. Um, well, one of them's on purpose. But, oh, sure, but I'm not talking about that. There's, there's a scene where like, the it's like the evil government men are like searching to the forest, and you know, it does this thing where it, it never shows you their faces when they're doing all this early on. Like, it's all just like. It's just, you know, faceless bodies are searching. Uh, but there's a couple of the cues in those segments where it sounded like a, a particular cue from Star Wars. Like, yeah. it was so there's, close. It, yeah, there's another one also. It's like... <laughs> like when they're being chased. And I, if you just play that one clip, you can be... You can you can say, well, that's Star Wars. Just like the... Mm. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, so... I mean, all but composers. The big, the big scoping, like the, the whatever, the big the main theme, theme yeah. the of ma- the film. The main theme is very are pretty good. memorable and yeah. very good, and yeah, they do bring out a lot of emotion. Well, 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 which, is why, which is why I'm saying when it's distinctly ET, it's very good. But there's a couple of moments where, like, when I hear Star Wars, where I'm like, I'm just hearing <laughs> Star Wars now. I'm hearing John Williams <laughs> go back to the well because he's like, and I'm not saying he was being lazy, but it does it does almost feel like ah, oh, I'll just copy and paste that bit in <laughs> for this scene. <laughs> I did read do. that uh, th- that the end is like he just couldn't compose uh, the ending 
to the way that it had been edited. So Spielberg like told him, okay, like remove the footage, make the music piece how you want, and I'll edit around your music instead, which is not normally how it's done. Oh yeah, no, uh, some directors like, I know Christopher Nolan doesn't even use temp music because he feels that influences how it's edited and he doesn't want that. He he wants to edit it completely without music and then the music has to fit what the, the visual yeah. edit is. Uh, that's typically... I mean, admittedly, most people still use temp music when they're doing like rough edits, just so they can get a sense of like how it's going to feel. Yeah. Um, but but that that's definitely unique. The idea because that's almost a music video at that point in that scene. Then where it's like, no, we're going to base the everything around the music. It it works though. I think the ending is very strong, and it you know so much of it comes from the music. The music elevates the film quite a bit in, in a number of ways, uh, which is you know not uncommon for and a, just the direction. Like yeah, Spielberg's so good. <laughs> Prime yes. Spielberg is the best. Well, this is before he got shit for sure. Well, I shouldn't say oh, that. I, he's not. I, I, no, no, shit. I, 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 he never I, I, became shit. Let me cl- <laughs> let me clarify. I was clearly going to rescind what I just said before you get all defensive. West Side Story was pretty good. I haven't seen that, but before he before he got kind of meh, okay, he's been meh for about twenty five years now. <laughs> he's, he's I don't like think he's, he's just, meh. I think he just doesn't make movies that you like. I think all of his movies are like great they just you know they're not, not your interest oh lincoln was so boring no i i will not accept lincoln was good i think it was good lincoln was not good it was it was like it was good it was good for fixing insomnia that, that's the only thing that movie had going for it um, but no no one's going to deny that uh 70s 80s early 90s spielberg is is a thing to behold um but i will, I will say et's not like my favorite of Spielberg's like big films, like I, I I loved it as a kid. It's still very well made, and you can feel the craft as you're watching it. And there's a lot of really great little touches in the script to give it a little bit of extra meaning, to give it a little bit of extra weight. But ultimately, if you're comparing this to Jaws, if you're comparing this to Jurassic Park, you know it's going to lose out for me to them. It, even Raiders of the Lost Ark is another good one that I would put above it. But um, and what was funny about that is that a lot of the things this movie is doing does appeal to me a lot when i talk about the kids go on the adventure and a lot of the heart of the film but for, but for me like if i'm you know if i'm picking between this and goonies for that type of movie and i don't have to like i can have both but i'm saying if you're putting a gun to my head and saying et or the goonies i'm picking the goonies but no i would definitely pick the et over the goonies i think uh, goonies is a fun adventure movie with kids but mm-hmm. i think there's a heart in et that goonies doesn't even come close to that's no, that's fair. I would say there's more of a heart in this too. Um, now we've not done this movie yet. Uh, that I'm about to reference, but I know you've seen it, and I don't want to talk about it too much because we are going to do it someday. But I will Semi-cop? say, no, <laughs> but I will say probably the the thing that sticks out in my mind is the closest thing to ET that is ET Lake is the Iron Giant. It's kids, and in this case, it's a robot, but it's still an alien. Uh, mm-hmm. And the heart, and the you know what the robots offering the kid. Even some of the themes are the same. Uh, obviously, it takes some different tactics as the movie goes on, but uh, it's the one that in my head sticks out as being the closest uh, in terms of like similar plot and similar ideas. Uh, so I'm just I'm just throwing that out there because I I was thinking about Iron Giant a little bit when I was watching this. I'm like, yeah, I kind of see the the parallels here a little bit, which uh-huh. which is. Well, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, all, all I'm saying here, obviously, I, I suspect Iron Giant was inspired somewhat by E.T. That's, that's not surprising. Probably a pretty safe bet. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so oh, E.T. is very good. E.T. is great. Yeah. It's just it's just not my favorite of Spielberg's, you know, upper tier. Okay. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's not my favorite of his either, but it's definitely up there with his best. Like, if someone told me, if I was, like, having a discussion with someone who, who was convinced that E.T. was the best Spielberg movie, I'm sure they could talk me into it because it's not like it's that far down for me on my list either. Like, yeah, it's a great movie. Like, when Spielberg was, like, in his prime and making movies that were exciting and all great and things that I was interested in, like, all of them could be the best movie of all time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just like, uh, and part of this is dirty taste, admittedly, but it's like fifth or sixth probably for me if I'm thinking about his filmography. Yeah, like, I probably like this one just as much as Raiders. Oh, bold. It's a bold take. I don't think it is bold. <laughs> I think they're both great movies. Bold? I think it's a little bit bold. Um, yeah. Now, there's a lot of things I do like about this, and when we get to spoilers, we'll talk about the, the themes and what it's doing with its characters and whatnot. I think some of the broad things we can talk about right now, though, is we can talk about E.T. himself, the creature effects, the uh, animatronics, the puppetry, all that jazz. Because uh, that's obviously a big part of this. And it's it's funny because, like, the first time you see him kind of shuffling along, right, when you see him, like, in the, the garden or whatever, yeah. it's like, okay, it's a little bit goofy. You can t- tell it's a little bit stiff. But then there's other things, like when he's taking a drink of a can of, I think it's a beer or something like that, and you can see like, they've, they've actually put in the puppet like a sort of gulping uh-huh. thing in his neck. And it's like, oh, that looks really good. Like, that actually feels yeah. alive. I like that his uh, head, like, there's always some sort of movement going on, like, throbbing mm. almost in his, like, where his ears would be if he were human or something. You know, like, there's there's something always moving. Some, there's a lot of, like, really great puppetry in it. Where And, yeah, you know, things happen to E.T. as it goes on and... Like, he very much becomes a very real character, not just a puppet, you know, by a certain point in the film. Yeah, as he, as he means more to the characters, you you kind of, like, just buy into it a bit more. Like that suspension of disbelief, I think, is not, like, not completely not there at the start, right? But yeah. I think the first time you see him, you go, ah, let's look at that well, puppet. Well, you have to get into it a little yeah. bit, I think. I, I think one of the moments that really work is when you see all the aliens, like, on the planet, uh shuffling around and stuff and then all of their hearts kind of glow at one point just like a, like a care bear moment <laughs> they all start glowing from the <laughs> chest and everything kind of pauses and like oh they're communicating like i'm figuring out how how this is working for them and like little things like that make it extra alien but like there's uh, more real <laughs> yeah no, i love all the little details in the design what i'm saying is when we're talking and he about- is kind of cute that, that's that's open for personal debate. Uh, <laughs> I, no, what I'm saying is though is that when I, when I say that you like you have to get into it a little bit and you 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 kind of like buy into it more as it goes on. It's not so much that the puppetry gets better, although there is that standout moments where they've specifically designed them in a way that they can do certain things with them. It's more just a testament to good writing and that you get drawn more into it and you stop caring. Uh, I can't, I don't know why I'm I'm referencing a Nolan tidbit here, but. There's a, there's a great soundbite from Nolan on his first film following, which was basically it was a glorified shouldn't movie, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's really good it's, it's a really good little in, independent film, right? It's got no money behind it's it. It's got a little uh, Batman cameo or tease in it. 
Yeah, which is accidental. He, he didn't know he was going to get a Batman <laughs> in like five years. <laughs> but he um, talks about how the, the, there's like a bookend sequence like set after the rest of the movie where they're in like an interrogation room, right? And then the, the story cuts back and you follow the rest of the film from there. And one of the things he said was is that the reason why he even did that scene, like the, the sole reason it was a purely a technical one is that, well, they're really low budget. They're, they're, they're having to shoot things quickly. So it means that their sound quality compared to most movies is going to be a little, you know, a little rougher, a little bit more guerrilla style and quick and dirty. And the thinking was is that in the opening scene, this interrogation room will be on a, a set and it will be completely controlled. So the idea being is, is that you don't... Like, someone starts watching the movie, they don't immediately get the, the slightly rougher sound quality. They get professional sounding quality and then hopefully they're just a little bit into the story so when it switches to the, the other stuff, it's like, well, they already care. So it doesn't matter anymore. They're already invested. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just a good lesson in like, what I'm talking about here with E.T. is that as the story gets compelling, as you're into the characters and you care about what E.T. means to the characters, any little things that don't look great, any little movements that are a little bit more stilted than the you know, Because obviously a lot of stuff is specifically designed. But then sometimes you have to turn a certain way and maybe that one little movement looks a little bit stiff or something. Like It doesn't matter. Like You're too into yeah. it at that point. You're too invested and you're too into the magic of it. I mean, I think movie magic gets thrown around a lot, especially when we talk about Spielberg, because it was like a phrase that was used in the 80s and 90s to describe the magic of cinema. But I think E.T. is a good example of it kind of having a little bit of that movie magic where after after a bit of time, you just kind of get into it. And it's... Yeah. It works. Yeah. Spielberg, I think, was just the best at it when it came to just the, the awe of what a movie can do and what it can bring you. And it doesn't hurt to have a John Williams score supporting it. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mean I, I don't know if I agree Spielberg's the best, but I would say Spielberg is the best at for for this time period. He's the best at being challenging and exciting to audiences, mm-hmm. whilst not being so extreme or weird that he's not appealing to the main crowd, right? Because that's the thing, his movies penetrated this mainstream bubble where they were the big thing for everyone whereas mm-hmm. you know r- very famously in 1982 there was three big science fiction films released in 1982 and et was the only one that was financially successful those other two films that were not successful which has left a lot of fans salty over the years were blade runner which i don't mind so much because i don't really think blade runner is that good but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the other one's the thing john carpenter's the thing came out in 1982 and that didn't do very well and you know whether you prefer the thing or et is like whatever it doesn't really matter it's irrelevant to this point it's just that yeah obviously the thing is loved by hardcore sci-fi fans it's loved by horror fans it's it's, it's really good at what it does and you could make an argument right that the practical effects in the thing are equal or even better in that than et but you i mean they're very different but depending on what you're looking at oh yeah like i yeah. I, I understand what you mean though yeah, I mean, like, people... And also just expertly directed. Oh, of course, yeah. But, I mean, you think of that movie, you, you think of those practical moments, you know, the chest opening up or the spider head or... Did it come out after E.T.? Oh, I'd have to check what, what time of the year it came I'm pretty out. sure my mother told me a story about how she went to see the thing because she had seen E.T. Oh. And she's like, oh, I love that cute little alien. I want to see another movie like that. And, and some of the thing. Yeah, I, I've heard people from that time say that they thought that... E.T. basically killed the thing's chances because everyone wanted a likable alien and no one wanted yes. like a mean 
like nasty yeah. alien. <laughs> and then you get movies like Mac and me and we're like, we're going to make an E.T. just like you guys want. And it's, you know, Terrible. it's Mac and me or it's like any other movie that came out after And e. I'm pretty e. sure Mac and wasn't me. As good. And that's, that stands to reason because of the title, but I'm pretty sure Mac and me was at least co-funded by McDonald's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's a pretty famous thing about it, yeah. yeah. Um, very, so, I mean, as much as this movie has product placement, and it is actually, I mean, I've actually, I've seen people say this is kind of the dawn of proper product placement, because after this mm-hmm. movie, all of a sudden, mainstream movies, it was like, oh, get our brands in there, that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one you could really pinpoint before this were maybe the Bond movies. Sure. Because Bond movies always had, like, technology and cars and stuff that were associated with the film franchise yeah well i think this is a little bit different in the sense that it's this kind of childlike wonder so so when they're talking about coke or reese's pieces or or even the kids mm-hmm. like the screaming star wars like it's all very yeah you know like oh everything's the best this is great like kind of thing uh i mean don't get me wrong it's still product placement when it's a fancy car but it's like it's you know it's like it's a fancy car and only only people of a certain wealth are going to go and buy this fancy car. Yes. <laughs> uh, same with the... Yeah, and I think, he, like, you know, watches and stuff like that were popular with Bond. Yeah, yeah. But even, I assume that those will also be fancy, expensive watches. Like, I'm you know, sure, yeah. Uh, as opposed to... Whereas this is like, oh, you saw Coke and, you know, McDonald's in the movie. Go buy some Coke and McDonald's. Yeah. Originally, <laughs> they wanted uh, M&M's to have... Uh, to, to be used instead because they're just more mm. widely known and the mars company said no like we don't think your movie's gonna work the the alien's too scary mm. or whatever and so they went with reese's pieces and apparently <laughs> the reese's like stock skyrocketed after et came out hey so sometimes there's those hindsight blunders that you, you look at and go well i mean the mars company's doing just fine but yeah yeah it's not it's, it's not like we've all forgotten what the mars company is but they definitely like yeah we're like kicking themselves for sure and and, and i'm sure like they have accepted many a product placement since et after that mistake mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah, yeah yeah you can put a mars bar in there have some m&ms <laughs> in fact hell what am i talking about the the the, the m&m like cartoon characters are like like a theater movie theater staple <laughs> like oh, they're, yeah, yeah. they're literally like it's been all this since i've seen them actually but like for a long time they were like always in the one of the pre-roll things oh yeah they still are they recently changed it but for like 15 years they had the same um like turn your cell phone off mm commercial before the the start of the film um there's always like this little action mini action movie that plays out um but they recently updated it i think maybe they heard my rant (laughs) (laughs) i was like come on just make another one (laughs) we pissed off that crazy canadian we have to (laughs) you know when you go to the movies as often as i do like yeah (laughs) you need just spice it up a little bit my my first job was at this is a, a little tangent. My first job was at a movie theater, and I got there. It was for the Man Theaters, which is like, you know, the, kind of famous in in California. But they're not around anymore. And the first thing that went was they used to have like Man Radio, where they would have uh, music from movies, recent movies that had come out, and that was the first thing that went. So for like a year, we had one CD. <laughs> For, with the same 12 songs on it that I had to listen to every single day on repeat. I'll never listen to Vanilla Sky again. <laughs> you gotta have variety because some of us are in the theater a lot. 
Well, back to E.T. Back to E.T. <laughs> back to E.T. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, we, we can we did veer off the puppetry stuff uh, into other things, but... Um, yeah, all that stuff is is, is very good. Um, the... You know, ca- the cast we kind of touched on, the kids are very good. The adults... I mean, it's really just D. Wallace, and then there's like one notable scientist dude towards the Peter end. Peter Coyote. Peter yeah. Coyote. Um... And they're fine, but they're, they're supporting actors in this, which is, you know... Okay. I mean, it's impressive when you think about it, like, having a movie where all the leads are kids. Like, it, like that's dangerous ground to be playing on. Uh, you got to really find yourself some good kids and <laughs> know how to direct them. They did. Yeah. I mean, I sent you the audition tape for Henry Thomas. Like, I recommend people watch it. Like, it is heartbreaking it's so gut-wrenching to watch this boy cry in an audition and he just nails it and he was hired like on the spot yeah yeah uh spielberg says congrats kid you got the job it's really funny hearing <laughs> I think that he's crying when he says it it's really funny hearing that because it's like for some reason i mean obviously we need kids in movies because it'd be weird if there was no kids but it's mm-hmm. like this one like sort of like profession that you're allowed to work when you're like six <laughs> it's weird yeah <laughs> And yeah, sometimes I think about it and I think, you know, it's kind of a bit messed up. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of rules in place. They're all allowed to work certain hours and, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things in place. But, yeah, it's kind of weird that there's this one profession where you're allowed to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, even as we, like, get further along with technology, like, children are making tons of money off of YouTube and that, Twitch and stuff. And, like, how do you... You know, control that. Uh, no, nothing is as belittling as realizing there's a 12 year old who's like a millionaire already. <laughs> yeah, because like, they just so open up boxes <laughs> on camera. <laughs> Which leads to them being able to afford more boxes to open. Yes. And then it's just this cycle of things. Uh, very weird. But hey, maybe I should start opening up boxes. People will be, watch me open up boxes. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't want to watch that. <laughs> um, yeah, so... No, I mean, I mean, like, he is good. He brings this kind of raw emotion, but he still feels like a real kid at times. There's a scene at the start where he's, like... He's, like, insisting that he be let in. I think they're, they're, if they're not playing D&D specifically, they're playing a D&D style game. Yeah. And he, he's like, I want to play it, I want to play it. And he's, he sounds like a real kid, nagging his big brother to let him be involved. Yeah. Um, As somebody who had, like, an older brother... And a younger mm. sister, I can I can relate very much to Elliot and <laughs> being told like, okay, you can play, but actually being taken advantage of, like, mm. no, but you got to go get the pizza first. Or <laughs> yes, which, yeah. which by the way, like getting the pizza, like like the, this pizza guy he's got it made doesn't even have to get out of the car. Like the kid just comes and like takes it out the car window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I, if that's ever been a thing me i mean maybe it's just a case if he, he knows the driver well enough that he just like the driver's just happy to hand it out to him but like you know or like yeah maybe the i mean they are trying to hide it from mom so maybe true. they didn't want him to come up to the door so That's they true. waited for him and then That's like at, at the window and looked out yeah what was funny though is that she says like who who said you could order pizza which you know it's very relatable like you know parents not letting you yeah. order for but i'm like well, they didn't. It's not like they, like they had money. They had their own money. So I'm like, <laughs> like I, the concern I think, at least from my parents growing up, about ordering food was never like the the act of ordering food. It was I'm not paying for it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the problem. So if if, if 
if well, me. you have to get. I mean, when you're a kid, you have to get permission for everything, though. Yeah. So, I, but I agree. Like the the dialogue from the kids, like just with each other, is so genuine. And I think Spielberg's always been good because he he kind of does that thing where, uh, it's a very Spielberg thing when I see it in other films, even where people are like talking on top of each other, and it feels very natural and very like improvised and organic. Like like you're just watching a real conversation. But what's impressive about it though is that it's not improvised and organic for the most part because. It would be a mess if it was just yeah. like the, let let them go. They ha- they it has to actually think about this and like how mm-hmm. much overlapping is it before it's too annoying to listen to? How much overlapping is it before you can't understand what the key points that we need to get across in the conversation are? There's actually a lot of really specific. It, but he's going for a feeling though, right? Like it's just the feeling of that. Oh yeah, you know, that high energy. I, I guess it's like you're you're trying to like give the impression of chaos, but it's completely controlled, and that's. Yeah. That's tough. You know, there's, there's, there's a skill in that that yeah. should be complimented. There's a, I, I love the moment where, like, uh, where, you know, Elliot says something that uh, hurts his mom's feelings and, like, the mom walks away and his brother just looks at him straight and says, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's such an older brother thing. Like, it, just, <laughs> it, it makes me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what maybe we'll do is we'll give a spoiler warning then so we can start talking about Because I think that's a good scene to kind of... Because that, that scene kind of sets up... It is up. basically the beginning, other than, you know, the yeah. ETs arrival. Well, I, I think that scene's really important and good, though, to start off the conversation, because that scene sets up, I think, the most important element of the movie. Okay. Um, spoilers so, from this point on. Yeah, spoilers from this point on. So... Yeah, so so the same. So, so we have the first night where Elliot first like gets a glimpse of ET and he throws the ball out. It's this classic little moment, and the uh, the kids are playing D and D or something. You know, a role playing game like D and D. But it's it's the next night they're having dinner, and this introduces a few things because obviously at first you're thinking, "Where's the dad? Where could he be? Is he dead?" And I actually, you know, like I remember since I watched it. So when Elliot said, um. You know, dad would, like, believe me when he's talking about seeing an alien. Or he doesn't say alien. He thinks it's, like, a monster or something. And I was like, oh, maybe he is dead because everyone really awkward and quiet. But then the scene reveals that he's not dead. He's just ran away with some woman to Mexico. And I think there's a lot of really smart things in this scene. Obviously, you're setting up the idea that there is a father who just abandoned him and left. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is not a subject that Spielberg... Uh, has only tackled this one time. Jurassic Park notably also has that that subtext theme in there. Uh, but you mentioned the bit with the brother, with with where Michael kind of like looks at him and says, "I'm going to kill you," because he, or even before he says that, I think there's a moment where he just sort of gives him the eye. And he's like, "Don't yeah, you?" Yeah, he bring just up like Dad. stares him down, like, yeah. "I'm going to kill you. Like you messed up." Which, but this is the weird <laughs> thing. As much as he's been a little bit of a you know the big brother who's like, "I'm not letting you play," kind of character, that moment is him being like. No, this is going to hurt my mom's feelings. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually he's sticking up for his mom in a weird way here, and it actually makes him likable. It's like you know what? For any faults you have, and for the over the top threats you're going to give your little brother, your intention here is actually quite noble. Uh, and you know, and it sets up. You know, like there's a little moment at the end of the scene where D. Wallace says, uh, "But he hates Mexico," and she sort of tears <laughs> up a little bit. And it's the idea that he's he's went to Mexico with her. Like she's, yeah, you know, um. Because little Drew Barrymore is the one, little Gertie is the one who says like, oh, he's in Mexico with <laughs> Sally. I can't remember her yeah. name. <laughs> and she's like, but he hates Mexico. <laughs> but it, it, it sets up, obviously, the idea that the dad's not there. But it, it also sets up how everyone in this family is feeling about it, which mm-hmm. is great. 
you know, the mother's struggling and she feels abandoned as, as a wife, uh, clearly here. Uh, the older brother's trying to kind of step up a little bit and not be the man of the house, but the way that he's sort of looking out for his mom, it kind of feels like, okay, he's trying to, he's trying to be tough. keep some order, yeah. at least with his siblings. And then Elliot, of course, is feeling it and he's kind of using it, uh, not necessarily in a mean way as a tool, but he, you know, he, he's bringing it up and he's talking about it and he's, he's not... And which is almost at the extreme end you've got the little sister who will just blurt out anything to do with it she's just an observer yeah, yeah. she's neutral in it but she, she, doesn't, know, she doesn't know the impact yet because she's so young yeah whereas Elliot kind of does though and he's using it which you know there's mm-hmm. like okay so he's he understands more what he's doing when he says things like that he's bringing this and, and, and I don't think he understands fully I don't think he understands fully how much it's going to upset his mother when he says a couple of the things yeah. that he says I think he's saying it because he is trying to like win the fight but i i don't think he quite gets that he's going to make his mother cry in fact at the end of the scene he goes over and starts washing dishes without without dispute because mm-hmm. he feels bad yeah because he's he seen he the, messed up yeah he's seen the effect of it so he he does do something so this scene is very smart it's really well written because it, it sets up all these things f- between four characters very concisely quickly and you kind of get a, a, a dynamic between the various pairs involved, right? Yeah. So, and and you know that the mother is probably like working as two parents now, so she has she's she's not paying as much attention to what her kids are doing as much because she's got to, you know, work and she's got to make sure they get up to school on time, and you know she's she's kind of overwhelmed with uh, with just playing the role of two parents now that the kids can kind of get away with like hiding an alien in their home or yeah. something well and yeah and so the the the, the core idea of et is that et kind of fills in as a father figure i mean not that he is this you know <laughs> smart older wiser being who's giving advice or that but he's filling it's, that it's place it's causing elliot to grow up it's well it's, it's filling that that hole in his heart right there's there's, there's, there's an empty place mm-hmm. where the father once occupied in their hearts and the idea is that et is filling that for them in some respect and giving them a chance because unlike their father um they get a chance to say goodbye it's not uh he's not running away because he doesn't like them um you know you got those elements um and even before that when you think and we'll get to all this specifically soon but when you think et's dying and it does appear that he does die at one point and they all sort of break down that's them actually finally dealing with the grief and admitting how they feel about their father having left or husband in the case of the the mum so mm-hmm. all really good stuff so it, it all gives it a bit of meaning right it's not like okay it's fun to have the oh it befriends yeah, not everything's perfect yeah. yeah uh but like it gives everything a bit of meaning and it means that there's some and a lot of what et is and this is where i really started thinking about the iron giant is that et improves everything for everyone when he's around but because and not that he's perfect and he's whatever but like, more, more the idea that so one of the big sequences in the movie is that for whatever reason early on et and elliot have bonded and they are linked like they've got this like alien link where et whenever he starts feeling something or doing something elliot also feels and this affects him so yeah get- you get fairly early on in their connection their connection is established too yeah. i think et like gets a little sleepy and then we immediately see elliot go from like really really excited to yawning and then it's like i'm I have to sleep now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's actually kind of a beautiful moment because up until that point, like he's on guard, he's wait, he's like sort of watching because he's worried there's a mm-hmm. monster out back. 
And this is after he's kind of like brought him in the house and befriended him a little bit. He can finally like relax and sleep. There's kind of a nice like, oh, I can kind of finally rest because this 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 thing's not a threat. I know I'm not. Yeah, I know I'm not in danger. Yeah. Or at least, um, I mean, I guess he doesn't know for sure, but from his perspective, he's like, I feel safe. But and again, you can sort of link that back to the dad thing. It's like, okay, he's not been able yeah. to sleep properly since his dad left, and but now he feels comforted. Like there's something there now, and he can finally go to sleep. Uh, but what I was getting at though is that. So we get this big, great sequence. Everyone remembers this from E.T. There's this big extended sequence where, like, Elliot fakes being sick for a day so he doesn't have to go to school and he can sort of help E.T. out. But on the I second like day... I trick with the thermometer and the light bulb. Oh, we'll, we'll, go back and, we'll, go, we'll go back and talk about that. Uh, but in the second day, he does go to school. And at this point, his brother and his sister know, right? They've found him and all that stuff's fun. But he goes to school... And we get in class throughout the day as E.T.'s doing things, like hitting his head off the, the, the door frame, and then, like, Elliot just sort of feels like a pain on his forehead. Uh, when he drinks some beer and burps, Elliot then burps in class, and... It, it gets drunk. Gets drunk. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. I, I mean, I don't know who direct... Like, I mean, Spielberg, perhaps, but... Whoever <laughs> gave this kid the specific direction of how to turn around and look at, look, look at his love interest... <laughs> as if he was drunk he nailed it perfect it was per- the way he sort of like looked cocky at her like ain't i great was like you look drunk <laughs> like I'm, I'm not convinced he didn't just get some liquor out and just like down, down I mean, some honestly this might be like my my favorite performance from a child actor ever <laughs> well i have one little nitpick thing that i i don't enjoy like even as a kid i don't enjoy it uh-huh. but like when he when he's on like he nails it though sure um, this kid's so good but yeah all this stuff is really fun it's entertaining and it, it's it, this is the great thing it's not telling you there's a link between them it's showing us there's a link yeah. between them and you understand it because bit by bit you get you and get, it's fun yeah like, it's, it's fun it's yeah a funny moment and but, but bit by bit you get you understand it as an audience what's happening here uh but what's really nice about it so this is all incidental stuff but the the, the stuff that comes after this which is when et's reading a comic book and then he's watching tv is that all of the things that E.T. feels that then translate to Elliot, none of them are bad. They're all good qualities. They're all good things. The idea that he doesn't want to harm the frogs, he wants to... Because that's what they're doing, they're dissecting frogs in class, right? That's This is the big scene that's coming up, with all the frogs being, you know, leaving and running out, and him being, freeze, flee, go back to the jungle, or whatever. <laughs> to the river, yeah. yeah. Um, and th- so, like, you have all this stuff, and then you know, when he sees the, the famous moment where he's he's watching the, the movie and TV, and there's the big, the big romantic kiss, and that's when Elliot, you know, swishes the girl around, steps in the kid's back, and smacks her with one. <laughs> right? And it's all very sweet. It's all very nice. What's so good about all this? It's entertaining, it's funny, and it's sweet, and all those things. But what's so good about it is that the idea is that E.T., is like giving him all this confidence to do all these things that he feels a certain way about. You know, when he's looking at the frog and the, the teacher's like, oh, don't worry, we're going to like knock them out. They won't feel a thing. Like, he, you know, Elliot's thinking, I don't really want to hurt this living being. Like, I don't want yeah. to dissect this frog. And he gets the, the courage. The teacher even says like, uh, you know, even its heart will still beat when you cut it open. Like, <laughs> this is so <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> which, which is notable because one of E.T.'s features is that when his heart lights up, you can see his heart. Like, yeah. it's like a, it's a thing. So, it's kind of already the idea of a heart still beating is already kind of in your head in the in the movie, yeah. So, and he gets the courage to like open the jars and like sort of and it. it, it, it but this is the great, a revolution for the frogs. And yeah, this is the great thing is that some other kids also start joining in and letting them go. 
So the idea mm-hmm. that the warmth that E.T. has shared with Elliot is starting to spread to people around him. He's this positive influence uh, in every way. And then the courage to kiss the girl and all the other things. Like, it's all positive, good things, right? And they're all funny because they're kind of in the circumstance. It's a little, you know, hijinks and wacky. But yeah. they, they all, like, it's the idea that he's learning all these really positive ideas from E.T., and uh, I think that plays throughout the film, and it's the idea that obviously he breaks through to Elliot first, but I think you do see it break, like, it extends to the other characters. Uh, I love Michael, one of my favourite little details in the film is that, obviously Michael makes fun of Elliot for, oh, you've seen a monster, blah, 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 oh, it's real, there's a monster, there's an alien here, and he, he gets helping, and you know, he's, he's nice enough to him and all that. Later on in the film, when E.T. and Elliot are sick and they're in the tents and all that, Michael goes in and lies down and falls asleep where E.T. sleeps in the, the closet. And it's this yeah. idea that even for it's him... So sweet. <laughs> even for him, though, like, that's just like... This is going back to the father's thing, though. This is him seeking, like, parental comfort. And like, he goes yeah, to he where just, E.T. sleeps. He doesn't want to have to lose another thing that he, you know... I don't want, I don't know if love is the right word, but, you know, he, he, yeah. He, I'm sure he also has this bond to, yeah. to E.T. And he just... Yeah, like you know sleeping in a bed of like a sibling that you've lost or something yeah yeah and i just i found that because he's like the harsher one because he's he's a bit old he's a bit more cynical like you know all those things that go with age uh i really like that idea that like he he he, like gets this connection ultimately and uh it it just kind of it brings it together and even his friends who are all a bunch of shitheads like once they see the E.T.'s real and they're asked for help, they're like, all right, put on the sunglasses and the hat and let's go be bikers and do, do yeah. kid things and help, help. And they all come <laughs> together to save them. Like, it's this, 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 there's this, like, really genuine, joyful, like, heartfelt core to the film that kind of spreads from E.T. And he's yeah. a positive influence in everyone around him. And then, well, that's what like kids have that too, right? Because kids have the whole, they, like you said, they don't have the cynicism that adults yes. have. So it it works so well making this a story with kids. Which, which that ET would have that. Yeah, which uh, they kind of point out actually because like the like Peter Coyote's character, like they kind of have a couple of lines from him that imply that he was Elliot when he was ten. He was Elliot. He says, you know, mm-hmm. I've been dreaming of meeting an alien since I was ten years old. Um, and now he's this, and now he's like the government man, and he's doing it this way, and. He doesn't act outright villainous. Like he's not actually that bad, really. When you stop and think about anything that they do, no, I I really love that moment that he has with Elliot, where he says, "Like I'm glad he met you first. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. Uh, but I, I, you know, again, it's this idea that you know he sort of reminded of being a kid again, and like the mum's the last to find out in the family because like, and there's a great little idea here, I suppose that she's. You know, it's, you could debate if this is this is this is accurate or true in other family scenarios, but like her because she lost her husband and was like abandoned by someone who committed to her, maybe is the most like hit by his absence, and therefore she's the, that's why like in a thematic sense why she's not noticing anything, and she's actually like it's all sort of slipping past, and she's yeah. she's being filled by the various little tricks that are being played on yeah. her. To... It's a really well well shot scene actually when E.T. is just clearly in the same room with her, and, he, and she has plenty of opportunities to just look and see him, but <laughs> they, they always just sort of miss each other. <laughs> and Gertie's there too, just like, look, mom, here he is. 
<laughs> I don't want to hide this from you. Here you go. Here he is. Yeah. It's really well done. And I, I love that, you know, E.T. has just trashed her house, but she's got teenagers at home. So she's like, well, yeah, there's just going to be garbage here sometimes, I guess. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I, I don't have help anymore. So I'm just the only one that's taking care of all this. She even sees the open beer cans and like smells it and like, uh, maybe I'll talk to my kids about this later on or something. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll forget. Who knows? I'm, she's just so overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, maybe she's like, ah, oh, well, the oldest one, I guess. Like, if he's having a couple of beers in the house, I, I suppose I can live with it. <laughs> Did I drink this and forget about it? Oh, maybe. Maybe she's just not sure if she drank it or not. Because there is a line of dialogue when she's like, she's restocking the fridge at one point, and she says, "Man, we went. I went through so many groceries like so quickly, like." Uh, it implying that this you know like the like the fridge got emptied in like three days when it's usually like two weeks worth of food or something right <laughs> because et just you know devoured <laughs> everything um so yeah it's all good stuff well yeah we can go back and sort of look at some other scenes and ideas in the film i just i, I wanted to talk about just generally the heart and the dad stuff uh mm-hmm. there, there's a couple of other specific things that i'll get to but um for, for me that is like watching it now and sort of really thinking about it as a film and not just like watching it as a kid and like being excited by the flying bikes or whatever like that's like okay there's, there's a that core the here moment, though. oh of course it is yeah i mean i'm pretty sure when i was a kid i watched the last 10 minutes like over and over just because you know yeah <laughs> and i think i i think like uh it's you know i i really love that moment with peter coyote's character in uh when he's talking to elliot also because like the the movie sort of sets up that he's one of the villains but in that moment like you're not going to make him talk to elliot like a father Mm. and then make him a villain also yeah he's never like directly i think the one chasing the kids after that point like he he presumably is still kind of like far back still on pursuit because like it's his job and he's supposed to be like involved but Mm-hmm. They never, and I think that's part of the charm of like never showing like the 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 G men's faces. I think that's the way. That's, I think that's what we should call them in this because they that's what they are. They're these are un, they gangster? unseen G men, not government men. Come on now. No. Uh, G always stands for gangster. Not the fact that it then. I lo- I I love their design, like because they're always in hazmat suits and <laughs> like you you don't see Astronaut them. Astronaut suits see the at one point. Astronaut suits even yeah, um they make me think of um. I mean, clearly this was also inspired by by this film, but uh, Monsters, Inc., when a human is seen in the monster world, that they'll, they, they're all wearing yellow, but they're the same thing, like just these shapes of yellow containment suits coming in and just making everything disappear and doing the cleanup. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, no, because one of the other big things... Uh, for the emotional dad stuff that I that really stuck out. Because uh, when I mentioned that, you know, when you think Elliot and E.T. are dying, it's, it's actually once Elliot, like, it started to, like, their bond has been broken and Elliot's starting to get better. I mean, we don't really see it yet, but they've said, you know, okay, he's, like, the bond's broken, the kid, the, the kid's vitals are getting better, but E.T.'s getting worse. So E.T.'s effectively letting the kid live and he's dying. <laughs> it's, it's really sad. And it, you know, it's a really famous scene because, like, he's reaching out his hand. He's like, E.T., E.T., you know. Like, um, but there's a moment in around this section of the film where it's and it's the mum, D. Wallace and Drew Barrymore, little you know, little kid. Notably, you know, and these two characters out of the family are the the lowest on the 
the priority list in terms of you know time and like dedication like you know it's the two brothers who are kind of elliot first of all obviously then the big brother and then these two are definitely sort of next in the pecking order as far as like their importance to the film but i think that's what this is why this is important that it's these two is that they have this really emotional moment uh, and I actually didn't understand the exact line of dialogue because they were blubbering <laughs> as they were saying it so much. Uh, but it was basically something to the effect of, you know, I don't want him to go. or so. You know, but, like, you could easily, like, they're talking about the husband slash dad. Like, this could easily mm-hmm. be what they're talking about. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that this emotion that's hitting them is them. Like, it's, it's like in any other thing that's not, like, a metaphor or if it's just, like, a straight drama, this would be the scene where they finally break down and admit what they're feeling about the real thing that's going on. But in this movie, because it's more subtext, it's just, you know, they're talking about E.T., but really what they're breaking down about is the the, the father slash husband. So, it's really neat stuff. Um, but yeah. I know, we can, we can go back to... Uh, the, in fact, Gnarly's little bookend thing. Uh, the, the movie starts with Elliot wanting to play the game. with you know, and it's, a, it's a role-playing game, so it's all about going on an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, he takes those same kids on an actual adventure. It's him that yeah, takes them on charge. that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's again, neat little bookend uh, that flips things around. Really nice. Yeah. That's why you should always include your younger siblings. <laughs> I mean, we should have some of the other moments. Like, you know, like the, we've sort of glossed over like, the, the sister and brother like finding out about E.T., you know. Uh, but Drew Barrymore just screaming at the top of her lungs, the brother... <laughs> Just kind of like standing awestruck. <laughs> I have absolute power. <laughs> I always remember that as a kid. It's kind of funny how Empire Strikes Back was only two years old when this came out. So that would have been like a relatively... Yeah, it must have just been like such a sensation. Yeah. Well, so... I guess, I mean, Star Wars itself was 77. Yeah, but Yoda didn't exist until he... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But... Um, you know spielberg and lucas they're kind of buddies oh i'm sure like yeah i'm, I'm sure that's part of why it's star wars that's in here and not like <laughs> what, what is funny about the scene though is that um at one, at one point it's halloween and we do see like kid dressed up as yoda wandering around the streets and et seems to recognize yoda <laughs> <laughs> and like wants to ah my friend <laughs> but <laughs> and obviously the kid's like get away from me but uh and then in you know that's repaid off in uh i don't don't know if it's the phantom menace or whatever but like the et aliens are in the star wars universe also so you know et recognizes yoda so i guess it's just a little cutesy thing (laughs) can't believe you brought up a star wars prequel (laughs) i'm heart i'm heart and appalled I mean, yeah, E.T. should have been in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> hey, Spielberg wanted to direct it, and he couldn't because of like some union problem or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that was would the reason. Would have been better. I mean, I like Return of the Jedi, but it would have been better. Uh, David Lynch almost directed it as well. What? Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting. <laughs> would have been interesting. <laughs> been I don't interesting. know about better, but it would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah the, the whole halloween section of the film so so like you know et kind of like starts to talk and he he wants to phone home you know et phone home that's the, the famous line mm-hmm. everyone knows from the movie um and he's built a device and they, they need to like find a reason to like sneak him out into the, the forest to like for me to set up his little radio that he's built <laughs> to like call his ship back 
mm-hmm. and their plan is is that the little sister is going to pretend to be going out with them for Halloween dressed as a ghost but she's actually just going to hide in the house and they're taking out E.T. in her place with a sheet over his head so and there's good comedy here where he's, he's like kind of mom again is totally oblivious yeah. like that doesn't sound like your daughter <laughs> does he not even the right shape <laughs> Uh, actually, one I'm of glad my fr- they got a photo though so they have you know something to remember him by actually one of the little jokes here I really like is that at this point it's established that E.T. can heal people because he heals the cut mm-hmm. in Elliot's finger uh, in this scene he tries to heal uh, Mike's ouch yeah he's got like one of those like it's like a knife in his head but it's just a Halloween like you know head prop thing but he, like E.T. thinks it's real and he tries to heal his head he's like I'm going to fix this <laughs> hole in your head yeah uh, it's very funny. It's a it's a nice. There's a lot of good comedy. It's a nice touch. Um, yeah, I will say this. I I, I don't understand Elliot's outfit, and they do actually say what it is later on. I think they say he's a hunchback or something. Mm. But I'm like, he's really. It seemed very pieced together. Yeah, yeah. He's got a grey hoodie and he's got some like grey paint in his face. Like that's basically it. I thought maybe a zombie. I don't think they would have been popular at the time, but. I mean, Night and Dawn were both out, so I mean, it's possible, but. I mean, we know it's not. They say it in the movie. I'm just saying, you know, like uh, there could have been some zombies in Halloween 1982. I can mm. buy it, or probably 81, really, when it was filmed. Realistically, uh, yeah, I could see it. Actually, Joe, you know I like um, is uh, the use of the the location. They do a lot of stuff with you know looking down in the the suburbs from the hills and all that, and mm-hmm. like at the start you see all the G men like with their. Uh, I will say, like, I really like the shot, but there is something artificial about it. There's a shot of, like, it's, like, looking out down at the city, and, like, the men are, like, just walking around with flashlights in the foreground, but there's kind of, like, an artificial, like, sort of blurriness to them, and I don't know if it's because they, like, green-screened this, or they did something, but there was, like, something just a little, like, phony about it that was kind of... I don't think I noticed. ...clicking with me, but... uh, It's a nice shot otherwise, though. It's, like, a nice visual, and... All the stuff of them searching at the start is, is quite good. I actually completely forgot, because it had been such a long time since I'd seen it, that we see other ETs at the start. I, I'd forgotten that you yeah. start with the ship and you start with... Uh, um, I love the moment where they're all freeze and their hearts glow at the same time. Because I, I, I think I just, you know, in my head remembered, like, no, no, you start at the house and then it's, you know, the baseball and, like, you start from there. You don't start with ETs. But, yeah, there's, there's a good five-minute little segment of creepy horror stuff almost of... Not not so much that it treats the ETs like horror, but it's treating the the, the men that are coming for yeah. him as horror. Uh, yeah. So. That's yeah, and stuff. they take off, and, and not because they want to, because they have to. Yeah. Uh, and you have the Halloween segment, like I was getting to, uh, with, which is where we learn the ET. I mean, we see him float a couple of things before then, but he actually picks up the bike and like flies Elliot to the, to the right spot. Uh, and the main theme kicks in full high gear for the first time. It's really... In, we get the Amblin, yes. <laughs> Amblin Entertainment logo. Yes. Which is not egotistical. They, they picked it after this because it was in this nut. <laughs> they, I they, mean, yeah, it is an iconic shot. It's so good they used it twice in the film. But it would be it would be funny, though, if they already had that and said, no, we're going to shoehorn it into the movie. <laughs> we're going to put our logo into this movie. <laughs> yeah. That would be amusing. Um... But yeah, it's, it's after this though, because Elliot doesn't get home that night, and then obviously D. Wallace is worried. He does come home, but he's kind of sick. And E.T. And this is like the first time I think you really see that that Mike really cares. Like he, because he races out on his bike to find E.T. and finds him in the water, like you know, dying. It's really quite dark and sad. 
Yeah, he's super pale. Because usually he's this, like, well, he's brown. Like, he's just, like, this rich brown color. And then he's all of a sudden this, like, gray, pale gray color. Like, oh, wait, is it just because he's cold? Is he okay? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's just when the, the, the scientists all show up uh, and build the big tent and yeah all the rest of it and we get all the sick well they also have to they they have to tell mom because ellie is sick too so it's gotten to the point where they need an adult yeah and even that's a nice idea that she she was and this is not this is is going to like a critique of her mothering here i'm not i'm saying though it's a very human thing that she is so wrapped up in dealing with her own grief of being abandoned by her husband that she's not Mm -hmm. even really comprehended what it's done to her child uh you know in this time you know, I think that's kind of the metaphor there with that, the symbolism. Uh, yeah, all this stuff is, you know, and anyway, the idea that E.T. wakes back up, you know, the, the, you know, the coyote's nice enough to let Elliot have a moment alone with the body of E.T. He's, he's in like a bag with a zip and everything. It's like proper dark. And it's when he says he loves him, which honestly, of all the things, made me think of the fifth element. Mm-hmm. That was the key ingredient. Just have to say he loves him, um, because because it's not the father, right? I it's, like Beauty and the Beast. Is he CT? Okay, yeah, yeah. But we're still after this, mm-hmm. for the record. So, um, that said, I'm I'm sure I love you being the the phrase that wakes someone up or like fixes someone. It was an idea long before this movie. I have no doubt. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to say Matrix, but you said before this movie, so. <laughs> yes, Matrix was later. Well, I mean, like, even fairy tales have that with, like, uh, you know, a kiss bringing someone back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same kind of sentiment in a lot of ways. But, like, this idea that, you know, love's what reunites them. Um, you could almost argue that, you know, like, I keep saying E.T. represents the father. Maybe the more accurate thing would be E.T. represents the heart that is decaying because the father's not there so Mm -hmm. saying he loves him is like no no your heart's alive well i think spielberg i'm sure this is very personal for him because he did come from a a broken home like Mm -hmm. his i think it's his mother actually that left and so i i'm sure like you know having that missing family member is causing their family to feel you know like incomplete and broken Mm -hmm. and you know filling that in with some with someone else that's now uniting them and bringing them all together like he doesn't want to lose that again now that they have that closeness again because there's a lot of heart stuff in the movie you know we talked about et's heart glowing so it's a key design element uh you mentioned the frog scene they're talking about the heart still beating them when they're dissecting it so the the idea that et's helping them find heart or fix their heart <laughs> is you know that's like a big part of it so that comes up a lot either visually or in dialogue so yeah a lot of nice ideas um uh, the, before we move on the the one thing about henry thomas performance that i i don't love is his inhaling while speaking to convey that he is sick i okay. don't like that okay. <laughs> <laughs> even as a kid i was like why is he why is he speaking like that why is he <sighs> I mean, I, I know we're scattershot with this one, but if we're going to give a, a, an alternate example of him being good, it's when he comes in and he hears E.T. talk for the first... Because this, this happens without him. This happens yeah. with a little sister. Uh, and he comes in and it, it's like he just... He repeats what E.T. says to him like three times, but he sort of like... 
says it really shocked, and it's just <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah, every time he screams with joy, I, yeah. All, all the kids home. are so, they're all so infectious, you know, with their just enthusiasm, and <laughs> all the kids are great. Yeah, I know, it's, it's, it's all well done stuff yeah i think the last like 15 20 minutes are, are pretty much perfect from an adventure point of view though uh it's you know it establishes that the older brother can at least operate a car because he sometimes gets out of the driveway <laughs> yeah his, well he always, he backs it out of the driveway so there's a line of it where he's like i've never driven forward before <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i have to I, I don't drive myself but i have to assume it's easier to go forward than backwards <laughs> I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> um, so he does an alright job, but we get this big sequence though because I loved. I, one of the key visuals I always remember from ET ever since I was a kid is the big tube, the big yes. plastic tube going up to, from the tent to the back of this this van where ET's body yes, is. Yes, because it looks pretty fun. It looks pretty fun, and like, just, but even just before it's like detached when they're walking up and down it. But of course, you get this exciting sequence where. They have to leave in a rush, so they, he starts driving the van. And it just rips the tube off the tent. So there's there's like a couple of guys, a couple of scientists in the tube, and they're just sort of like you know try, they're trying to like go up it as they're dra- you know being dragged along the ground. <laughs> oh well, Elliot's like slowly detaching it one at a time. Those poor scientists. Well, yeah. they were going to dissect him, so never mind. <laughs> Elliot, it's a good it's a great moment though because Elliot like just like he gets because he pulls one out almost by accident and then just goes like. Huh. <laughs> he, he starts pulling them out. I like. could do something with this. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's got a plan. Uh, but yeah, so obviously, as they're like leaving, uh, Mikey tells the other, his friends, because we see them at the start, we see them sort of like, and this is the thing, they're kind of just typical mean kids his age, where they're kind of making fun of Elliot for various things, the, the few times we see them. So... Yeah, they're like older brother bully. Yeah. You know? Uh but that's why I'm saying, like, when they do join in and they meet them at the park and they've got his bike there waiting for him and they see E.T., it's like, all right, we're in. We'll help. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, you we know. were wondering what all those tents were outside your house <laughs> and all those people. Yeah. <laughs> this so, makes sense. Let's so, do this. Let's save them. Honestly, like I, say, I used to watch the last 10 minutes of this a lot when I was a kid, and I think I distinctly remember the feeling I had when it cuts to them all on the bikes. So there's a moment where, I think it's like D. Wallace like, is with like the scientist dudes and they, they, they come in the car and they're like, where are they? The, 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 the van's here abandoned. And it just cuts to like them. And they're in like a V formation and the music mm-hmm. just kicks in. It's like, it, you know, and it's all, it's all them dodging the cars and all the rest of it. And they get into the position where there's guys with shotguns in front. Elliot gets scared. And this lets E.T. know, I got to step in. I got to, I got to pull my own yeah, weight yeah, yeah. and lifts them all yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's all been you know kind of dangerous for for them you know because they're escaping the government and they've got this you know this fugitive alien with them and stuff but it's not until elliot sees like people with guns mm-hmm. in front of him where he's like seriously scared and that's when yeah uh, everything takes off so i'm glad that it wasn't walkie talkies yeah and you know it all comes <laughs> back to i think to something i said at the start of this which is like what they're doing is a good thing is there's a noble reason where you buy and you believe in them and like th- this comparison between the elliot and then this guy who you know sounds like he used to be elliot right who's grown up and he's, he's like he still seems like a nice enough guy but yeah like part of growing mm-hmm. up is getting a bit more cynical having to go through the system and the idea being that even if like the government ultimately agreed that they should let et go home like it would be 
there'd be paperwork, there'd be red tape, they would never let it just happen instantly. It's like, no, this yeah. is the only way we get to save them, is we have to just do it right now. So, get on the bikes and and go. Um, yeah. So, so you root for them. It's hard not to root for them. Uh, so they all get to fly. They're all humbled by his, like, you know, magic, his, you know, his awe and wonder. And our big finale. I like that there's a kid that's afraid of heights. Of course, yes. He shuts his eyes <laughs> and tell says, Tell me when it's over. <laughs> tell me when it's over. <laughs> uh, and we, we get the ship uh, and E.T. saying goodbye. And this is important. This is, you know, like I was thinking of the dad thing again at the end and I was like, this is important that E.T. actually says goodbye and cares that he's leaving and says, no, I'll always be and he in there. he has a moment with everyone, yeah. 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 He has a moment with uh, all three of the kids, yeah. Um, and he points at his heart and says, ouch. Oh. <laughs> it, it's, it's, i cried okay i had to fix my mascara before i came up here <laughs> i started out to well up a little bit uh during yeah. the ending um because the whole the whole idea is that et has taught them to love again <laughs> that's effectively what's happened and it's it's heartfelt it's it's got a nice you know it's, it's about dealing with grief. It's about dealing with loss. Maybe mm-hmm. not not death in this case. I mean, argue- no, just abandonment. I mean, is art, art? I mean, is it worse? I guess it just depends. Well, I mean, hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can feel like a death because it's a death of that relationship. You know, they don't oh, yeah. have the father. They don't have the family unit anymore that they just took maybe took for granted before. Uh, I'm just thinking in my head, though. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't really matter which one's worse. But I'm just thinking in my head if you agree to debate it. Someone dying, it's like, okay, it's really sad because they died, presumably young, and it's tragic, and they're not around anymore. Yeah, but anymore. they didn't leave them on purpose. Yeah, they didn't sully who they were by, like, making a choice to abandon them, yeah. They didn't, like, reveal their true yeah. colours or, or change, yeah. Uh, but it, 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 it depends how they left, I suppose. Like, it sounds like this asshole just ran away with someone. Uh, someone not, younger. Not, yeah, not a lot of notice. If if it was the sort of thing where, like, they, they acted like adults and he said, look, I don't think this marriage is working. We have to, like, come to, you know, we have to talk about separating. And did it in an amicable way. <laughs> then it would be like, okay, it's not, this is not worse than a death because he's still nice enough. Maybe he still wants to see his kids and so on and so on. Yeah, it, it sounds like he, just from the context of what we get in the yes. film, it sounds like... He's a man who didn't want to be a, a, a husband or a father anymore, or at least not full time. No. <laughs> Which is why it really hurts Dee Wallace when he's used as a weapon against her. It's like, well, dad would believe me. He's like, <laughs> oh, maybe you should call him. Yeah. I'm he's in Mexico. I'm the one who's stuck around, okay? I'm the one who's here caring about you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that moment with the mm. with the brother with Michael. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, well, as I, I said it already, but it's super endearing because it's like he's looking yeah. out for her. Like this is actually a really noble little threat. It's just he's such making. a maybe. My my older brother is also named Michael, so I'm, it might just be giving me flashbacks. Like this is just so realistic. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm an only child, so I I can only you know go off like occasional witnessing of siblings rather than firsthand but yeah it's it, very it, accurate it feels it feels very realistic from what i've seen <laughs> so yeah no so yeah I, I mean is there anything else you'd like to add about uh the movie any scenes we may have glossed over you think are worth mentioning any elements that are worth discussing 
don't know. I mean, it's been a fun discussion. I, I, I think I just, I, it's a really good movie. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> it's a very good, well-made movie. Um, yes. I, 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 it's funny, like, I said it's maybe a, a touch in the sentimental side at times. Just a touch, just a smidge, right? Just a smidge. Like Spielberg would get worse at this. But... I think I I think it's an appropriate amount of emotional. Like Saving Private Ryan, I think is is basically ruined by how sentimental that movie gets, um, which I know is going to upset a lot of people because people love that movie. But uh, I mean, uh, as far as opening scenes of a film go, oh. I think it's it might be unbeatable. The, the opening twenty five <laughs> minutes or whatever it is 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 very the D Day stuff is, great. is like. But then we have to do a plot. Yeah, we have to life do life changing. We have to do a plot though after that and. Like, that's usually a part of the movie that needs to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's not my top Spielberg for sure, but uh, it did change war movies forever. For the better. But I, it's, you know, I, I say that and as much as I'm, like, I like how heartfelt it is. I like how positive and uplifting the idea <laughs> this film is and what it's just kind of doing for its characters and about spreading the love. Um, now... I don't know for sure right now, because it's been a while since I watched it now. But I'll be very curious to compare this one to one with Iron Giant when we do it. I knew you were going to say it. Because, like, <laughs> I've just been waiting this whole you, review for you to me, say. But you know what? I like Iron Giant more. If you, no, I've been waiting the whole review for you to say it. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying if you'd have asked me before I watched this again, I probably would have said, "Yeah, I think I like Iron Giant more." I think watching this again, I'm like, "Oh, I'm not so sure." I think I have to watch Iron Giant again to like make my choice. But, yeah. Well, I've only seen Iron Giant for the first time recently. Which, which is, which, I mean, and it was, it was a good movie. Don't take this as a knock against ET. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this to praise Iron Giant because I love Iron Giant. Um, I think Iron Giant tapping into, I, I think because the kid in that's an only child, maybe it's more relatable to me. The fact that the kid's a fan of Superman is very relatable. Maybe there's just a lot of things <laughs> in that movie that specifically link back to me. I don't know, but. Even Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Being a fan of the character of Superman does not mean being a fan of every single thing the character of Superman has been in. Thank you very much. That was always that was my favorite one when I was a kid. Was 4. Nuclear Man. Given that you went on to be a mystery science theater and rift tracks connoisseur, that does not surprise me one bit. With, uh, yeah, I guess it checks out, huh? With Lenny Luthor, the nephew, and... <laughs> Everything else in hey, that kid, that kid uh, came out all right. He had a hit TV show, an actual hit TV show for a long time. <laughs> oh dear! How, how dare you? I just realized what you said there. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so cool. Um, that uh, that's pretty much it then. I, I think we should uh, rate the film. So Tara, what would you like to give ET the extraterrestrial? Uh, well, we haven't really said really anything negative other than the way Elliot talks when he's sick. Uh, yeah. I really love this film. I, I, I mean, I watched a lot as a kid. I had it. Mm-hmm. It was one of the VHSs that I had. I didn't have a whole lot of those. So, um, very ingrained in my mind. And as that VHS got worn out, my more recent memories of E.T. was that it's a very snowy movie, but, uh, the, it was really <laughs> nice watching it. With the 4K rental on my non-4K TV, but still, it was really pretty. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I still love the film. I love our discussion about the film. Uh, I'm going to give it pretty high rating, a 9.5. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I didn't see much. I mean, uh, what, did, what was my complaint? I don't even have the, the, the breathing complaint that you did. I, <laughs> my, my only real complaint is it was maybe just... I don't even... This is the thing. It happened, like, a handful of times in the film, so I don't really have any specific examples, but just... One, a few moments here or there where maybe the music or just the, the shot of someone crying or something was just maybe just a touch much, just a touch much, right? On sentimentality scale. But it's not, it's, I'm not saying every example of sentimentality in the film is, is a problem, though. I'm saying that there's just a few times where I felt to just go one one step, a little just too far, just one little step. Uh, Yeah. I disagree. Yeah, of course <laughs> I do. think there's a very appropriate amount of sentimentality in the movie i like i like the kids i like the the whole <laughs> vibe of the kids working together and growing as people as they do something that they believe in that is the right thing to do uh against the 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 adults who are all going to be far too fogged up by the rules and the red tape and the the cynicism and all the things that make things never happen because <laughs> we have to, to go through all the, all the motions um all that, the, the adventurous side of it, the the race stuff at the end, uh, the central heart of the dad stuff, and all that. Like, all very, very good. Uh, and it's well-directed. Obviously, it has a great score 95% of the time. That's what, I guess that's my other complaint. There's a couple of two Star Wars-y sounding cues. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm happy to give it a 9 out of 10. I, I, you know, I wrestled with that a little bit in my head there, but nine out of ten. Um, but ultimately, I like a bit more menace, which is why I like Jaws and Duel. <laughs> <laughs> a duel's fantastic. You'll never hear me. Or Jurassic Park, about obviously. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll never talk about Duel on this podcast. It's not sci-fi, but uh, it's great. Or it's Jaws. free on YouTube. I'm pretty sure. For that matter. Uh, but Duel's great. Jaws is great. But uh, we've already, Jaws is excellent, we've already yes. done Jurassic Park and we've done Close Encounters, which uh, doesn't do AI. We haven't. I've never seen, even seen AI, so that's something to do at some point. Yeah, we've done Minority Report. We've done yeah. War of the Worlds. I think we're running out of Spielberg. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. As far as Close Encounters is obviously from the good era of Spielberg, I would say this is better than Close Encounters. Like I like Close Encounters, but it's, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a little. It's just not as cohesively together, you know. I don't, you know what, it doesn't matter. I, I, I think, I mean, they're yeah. both great, honestly. Like, I, I think they're both great films. I, I think E.T. is just a little bit the, more clean. The, I, 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 I think with Close Encounters, there's just because of the type of character it follows, there's just, there's just not characters to root for in the same way that E.T. has. Mm-hmm. Or, or even Jurassic Park or Jaws has, where there's like these likable characters who you're rooting for, either for survival's sake or for... You know, in this case, try to save an alien. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. cl- Close Encounters inherently is kind of a bit... I mean, it's very heartwarming by the end, but it, it's inherently a little bit more colder. I mean, he does, like, leave his family. He does, yeah, yeah. There's, the, there's, there's an unlikable quality to somebody, even if you understand why he's doing it, and that's part of the examination. Right. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So, yes. Uh, I'm sure one day I'll do a top ten uh, spilly list and have to solidify where all these things go. But uh, needless to say, E.T. is one of the good ones. Uh, so, 
yes if you haven't visited it in a long time uh give it a give it a whirl see how you feel about it now and uh have a good time and then watch mac and me which <laughs> it, there is a mystery science theater the new seasons did it oh yeah uh, i mean if we had planned ahead maybe we would have decided to do the bonus movie next as mac and me and we're not but uh we will definitely do that as a bonus movie <laughs> one day we could we haven't recorded ours yet we could just postpone we already watched yeah, them no we already watched the other movie though. i watched it twice actually <laughs> so no we're definitely doing the movie we watched but uh okay, mac fine. and me will come to patreon someday as a bonus episode uh and patreon bonus episodes of course uh, you get access to the entire back catalog for a dollar isn't that right tara that's right peter if you enjoy our reviews please check out our patreon page it's patreon.com slash tv and if you donate as one dollar per month, you will get access to our bonus movies, as was already stated. And if you donate five dollars per month, you'll get access to some reviews early, including Ace. You'll get a day early, and all of some other shows you get a week early. So that's fun too. Yeah, and of course, one of the higher tiers is you get to be a Patreon producer. And I will take my time right now to thank our producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, <laughs> David Short, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Tribesman. Uh, they are producers for the month. You can also support us by liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications on YouTube, or rating the podcast five stars with a little review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, so do all those things. Uh, that is a little bit of a weird order here, but uh, I do have to get Tara to pose for the thumbnail. Uh, I don't know if you have like a little basket you can sit in like ET with like a like, oh, be so cute. towel over your head. I've got my ET Star Wars shirt on. Because of Star Wars references and E.T., you're saying this is E.T. Star Wars shirt? Yes. <laughs> nice try. All right. Three, <laughs> two, one. Pause. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I suppose we should tell you what's coming next week. Because we do have something planned. Uh, so we're returning... That's right, Peter. We're returning to a franchise... <laughs> Uh, that we started a little bit back. Um, we did Predator. We did Predator 2, which means next on the list... Predator 3? And I know some of you, uh, some people at home are going, Predators? And no, because next up in the Predator mythology is actually AVP. Alien right. versus Predator. So look forward to that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> um, basically, the reason why we're doing AVP with the Predator movies is because there's less Predator movies than Alien movies, so it just made more sense to put them with the Predator movies. Uh, but uh, we will be doing Alien 3 for Alien Day in late April. April? So, yeah, look forward to that too. Uh, but there you go. Uh, that is uh, that is the show. That's been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. We have hit, more or less, our 85 to 90 minute runtime. So hopefully you enjoyed the discussion and the show. <laughs> it's just funny to me how consistent we are, except for those odd random episodes that are like, no, we have to talk about this for two and a half hours because the movie's just either that dense or that bad. Because <laughs> there's some. Yeah, there are some that we passionately hate. Yeah, or just have that. Like, Terminator I'm, 3. Yeah, Termi Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Terminator Dark Maybe Fate. All, <laughs> all the other long ones is because we like them. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 
sometimes the bonus episodes on Patreon uh, can end up being a bit shorter because the the type of movies we pick because of these shocky B movies. We don't usually do like a spoiler free section. That's true. Yeah. Uh, The exception to that though is Time Cop, which I think is like two hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a great film. There's a lot of tangents in that one, I think, admittedly, but still. That was our early days. Mm. Yeah, we've perfected it, is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Best podcast on the internet. That's right. About science. Only podcast. About science fiction movies starring a Scotsman and a half Canadian, half American. I'm not half, I'm both. (laughs) Aye, so. It's still kind of half and half. Well, it kind of implies like that my parents are like one's Canadian, one's American. Oh my god, my cat's destroying my apartment again. No, both both your parents were Canadian and they both turned into Americans. So, uh-huh. half and half. <laughs> 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 they transformed. Well, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yes, that that is the show. Thank you very much for joining us here. And the Atomic Serum Experiment on the Male Fuzz Movies YouTube channel or your podcast app of choice. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer ad salsa. Mm-hmm.